Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Thursday, October 10th. In today's news, the ousted Ukraine ambassador plans to appear for her deposition. President Trump reportedly pressed his previous Secretary of State to intervene for one of Rudy Giuliani's other clients. And Northern California faces massive power outages. They're intentional. But first, the big idea. After greenlighting the Turkish invasion of their territory, President Trump is trying to downplay the value of the U.S. alliance with Syrian Kurds. He literally said during an event yesterday afternoon, quote, they didn't help us in the Second World War. They didn't help us in Normandy. Why would they have? <laughs> Trump's off-the-cuff remarks followed a White House ceremony where he signed unrelated executive orders to defang the regulatory state. Behind the scenes, though, Defense Department and State Department officials are rushing to reassure other U.S. allies operating in Syria, principally France and Britain, that only a handful of U.S. troops are actually being moved out of the country, despite the president saying they're all leaving. DOD officials are secretly telling our allies that the presence and mission of the total force of about a thousand Americans in northern Syria will remain unchanged. France, whose foreign minister condemned the unilateral operation launched by Turkey in Syria, called for an emergency meeting of the UN Security Council today. Meanwhile, the U.S. military continues to closely monitor events. Pentagon officials say that Turkey is targeting mostly Kurdish military facilities and probably has destroyed U.S.-provided military equipment. But another official tells us that some Turkish airstrikes appear to have hit populated areas with civilians. And the U.S. military, in damage control mode, is taking custody of several dozen high-value Islamic State detainees, including two British men accused of involvement in the killings of American and other Western hostages. The British pair, part of a group of four British militants dubbed the Beatles by their hostages, were being detained with the goal of eventually putting them on trial here in the United States. Two American officials say the men have been taken to a secret prison inside Iraq. These thugs are accused of being directly involved in the beheading of the Americans James Foley, Stephen Sotloff, and Peter Kasig. So it would be great to see them face justice. But... The foreign policy community continues to be alarmed that Trump's moves in recent days are opening the door for a broader Islamic State resurgence in Syria. The most alarming scenario that U.S. officials fear is this. The Turkish invasion may not be the quick and limited operation that Trump said it will be yesterday. As security collapses in northeastern Syria, hardened ISIS fighters could escape the prisons that are being abandoned by Kurdish fighters to take on the Turks. Then... These ISIS fighters could storm the Al-Hal camp to reunite with their family members and then renew the terrorist assault against the West that they began in 2014. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, Marie Yovanovitch, the former U.S. ambassador to Ukraine who was ousted by Trump at the behest of his personal attorney, Rudy Giuliani, plans to appear for a Friday deposition with House investigators. Yovanovitch and her lawyer are on board, according to a senior congressional aide. It is unclear whether the State Department will expressly forbid Yovanovitch from testifying, 
as it did with U.S. Ambassador to the European Union Gordon Sunland earlier this week. House Democrats have also requested that former Trump advisor Fiona Hill appear for a deposition on October 14th. Hill left her role as Trump's top Russia advisor in August. It's unclear whether she'll cooperate. The original whistleblower's lawyers are also pushing back today on a smear campaign in right-wing media. They say that the whistleblower is a civil servant who has never worked for or advised any political candidate, campaign, or party. The attorneys say their client has spent entire career in apolitical civil servant positions in the executive branch. Number two, a big story broke from Bloomberg News overnight. Three people tell the wire service that Trump personally pressed then-Secretary of State Rex Tillerson to help persuade the Justice Department to drop a criminal case against an Iranian Turkish gold trader who was a client of Rudy Giuliani. Tillerson refused to do so during the 2017 meeting in the Oval Office, arguing that it would constitute illegal interference in an ongoing criminal investigation. People who were in the room told Bloomberg that other participants in the Oval Office were shocked by Trump's request. Tillerson immediately repeated his objections to then White House Chief of Staff John Kelly in a hallway conversation outside the Oval Office, emphasizing that the request was illegal. The White House declined to deny the report. And get this, Riza Zerab was being prosecuted in federal court in New York at the time on charges of evading U.S. sanctions against Iran's nuclear program. Zerab had close ties to Turkish President Recep Erdogan. Bloomberg says Giuliani initially denied that he ever raised this case with Trump, but then later said he might have done so. He told Bloomberg, quote, Suppose I did talk to Trump about it. So what? Giuliani says he discussed the Zarab case with State Department officials and disclosed that in legal filings two years ago, but he declined to say if he ever spoke directly to Tillerson about the case, telling Bloomberg, quote, you have no right to know that. Tillerson has said publicly that the president frequently asked him to do things that were illegal. Number three. There are no generators for sale today in Oakland, California. They're all sold out. Plastic gas jugs are also in short supply. What there is plenty of, though, is a thin fury directed at one of the nation's largest utilities after it shut down power to more than half a million customers on Wednesday, with further blackouts planned in the hours ahead. Before dawn, Pacific Gas and Electric flipped the electricity switch off across 20 counties, most of them north of San Francisco, an intentional and highly disruptive hedge against the risk of wildfires. As California experiences intensifying weather extremes and confronts the sharpening consequences of a changing climate, the power company responsible for starting the deadliest wildfire in state history has undertaken the most extensive planned power outage ever employed. Favorable weather in Northern California pushed off a second phase of power outages that had been planned for midday. The stiff, dry winds known out west as the Diablos did not whip up as early as had been forecast. As many as a million households with more than 2 million people could eventually be affected by these outages. The crisis economy that emerged Wednesday in stores like Home Depot belied the larger losses that will result from days without electricity, as vinters, ranchers, and farmers' small restaurants and corner groceries face millions of dollars in lost business. 
In recent years, PG&E has sought to loosen California's liability standards, which hold utilities responsible for any damage that results from fires the company's equipment start, regardless of whether the company acted in a negligent manner. The principle, known as inverse condemnation, is among the strictest in the nation. Despite heavy lobbying by big utility companies, California lawmakers have refused to change that standard in recent legislative sessions. But this year, the state legislature loosened it slightly to allow a lower liability threshold for utilities that first complete billions of dollars in safety improvements to power lines, transformers, and other equipment. And that's The Daily 202 for Thursday, October 10th. Thanks for listening. I'm James Holman. Have a great day. I'll talk to you tomorrow.